I just love how sure. I just love how every time a guest is on, <laughs> Nick says I, I a think, special I think guest. That's gonna be my thing. Here. I'm gonna say that no matter what, no matter who the guest is, special guest. Yeah, we're doing it for real. Oh baby! All yeah. right, here we go. Welcome, uh, welcome to episode four of Man Talk, presented by Jihoo Boys. With us today, we have a another very special guest. Uh, a great guy. He would be an excellent guy, but he is a Packers fan, so he's not the mm. best guy I know, but great guy. We got Alex Burns with us. What's up, Burnsy? Thank you very much for having me, guys. I've been looking forward to being on this podcast, and I'm I'm grateful that you uh, gave me the invite. You bet. We also got Mike, Mike McCaig with us. How are you doing, Mike? Hey, what's up, what's up Nick? As always, you always say uh, it's a special guest, and yeah, it is a special guest. Mm. yeah um frenzy quickly give me your thoughts on the on the packers draft oh man that was that was rough that was just a complete rough draft um drafted a qb first round i don't think they had to do that this year their main need was another wide receiver with like seven picks or something they didn't grab one just a, a very underwhelming draft if i have to say that which I do, but I'm hoping uh, Rodgers can lead the pack to glory this year. Mike, the Green Bay Packers, their biggest need was a wide receiver. And, like, the scouts were, were saying, like, this is the deepest wide receiver draft in 25 years. And the Packers, really? yeah, the Packers go seven picks, not a single wide receiver. Oh. Mm. So, so I actually did, like, because TK's a Packers fan as well, right? Yeah. So uh, he was, like, he was kind of telling me what was happening in the draft. Like, didn't they draft, uh, like, there's three QBs that went before them or something? Yeah, well, like, they, I didn't, I didn't even think they were going to draft a QB in the first round. And then they, like, he's, I don't know how good he's supposed to be, but I guess he's good enough for them to draft. Well, like, Mike, they have the be- one of the best QBs in the league. Like, this guy's a yeah. Hall of Famer. And he, mm-hmm. like, he's, Burnsy, what is he, 36? Uh, yeah. Aaron Rodgers, 36. You know, Tom Brady and Drew Brees are still going strong at 40 and 42. So there's no reason Aaron Rodgers – Aaron Rodgers could play another six years easy mm. if he wants to. Mm-hmm. Yet they go and draft the QB in the first round in the deepest wide receiver draft in 25 years. Uh. As, as a Vikings fan, it was great. It was amazing <laughs> to see. Who did the Vikings draft? A wide receiver. They had a good draft. I'll say that. Yeah. They had a good draft. Yeah. So, but, uh, Bernsey, you know, introduce yourself a little bit. Tell me what you've been up to and how you've been keeping busy. And yeah. Yeah. So, um, I go to school at Heritage College and Seminary. Uh, it's in Cambridge. I'm working on my bachelor's of theology. Uh, so I finished up school a couple weeks ago. Just been, um, kind of mossing at my place a bit, but um, actually a week ago today I got married. So that's uh, that was a pretty big thing that happened in my life. So um, right now me and the missus are just trying to organize everything and um, just sort out what married life is all about. But that's what I've been up to. And actually, I just just this morning I finished watching another episode of that Last Dance documentary about Michael Jordan and the Bulls. Mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent documentary. Okay, where'd you watch it on? Netflix. 
Oh, it's on Netflix. Okay. Yeah. Um, Bernsey, uh, your bachelor's of theology, like that angles to be a youth pastor, correct? Uh, yeah, I think right now God's calling me at least immediately out of school, uh, to be a, like a youth pastor, work with youth. I am, I'm starting a, um, two year internship with Grandview church this upcoming May, uh, in youth department. Uh, I don't know if I'll stay like that throughout my whole career or if, uh, God has other plans for me, but yeah, the, uh, the immediate future looks like youth is the way to go. Sweet. So, uh, tell us about your, uh, what you expected your wedding day to look like, tell me what you're expecting six months ago, what your wedding day looks like. And then tell me how it actually went. (laughs) Oh man, this is crazy story. So basically, um, we weren't going to have that big of a wedding. Um, but like we were expecting around like 70 to 75 people. Um, you're going to have it at, at our church Grandview on May the 9th. Um, just have like a ceremony at 10, um, go out for some pictures with, uh, the bridal party, come back at like one, one have the reception with, um, like those 70, 75 people. Um, we were just looking forward to celebrating with everyone. And then we were going to take off the next day to go to Switzerland for our honeymoon, which we were really looking forward to. Um, but actually, we got married last Monday on the 20th of April. <laughs> there was literally um, like five people there. Uh, well, six technically. There was like Andrew Mello, our, um, our officiant, um, me, Katrina, my wife, uh, best man, Dylan, um, maid of honor, Rachel, Katrina's sister. And then we had uh, an old friend taking photos. So um, it was outside at at my school in a little gazebo. It was freezing cold. I don't know how the girls managed to survive without sleeves on their dresses because I was pretty cold in my suit. But um, it was a very, very small ceremony. Definitely not what I was expecting. Okay. Okay. So Bernsey, I got, I was listening. So I'm doing a Bible study right now and, uh, sec uh it's first first peter Mm. and i remembered that last august um you and two other like intern students uh from heritage did a sermon on grandview on uh first peter chapter two Mm -hmm. and i happened to notice so what i did is i had to so we're doing this bible study and i want to like prepare because you're for like chapter two so i thought oh like i remember bernsey did a sermon on that so i'm gonna like go back and listen to that so i went back that was saturday and i listened to that and um and you you know what you said you said um you said something that was really interesting right when you opened up um the your sermon and you, I guess you, I guess it was, you were praying for, um, for the lesson for the sermon. And, uh, you said something about, uh, being really grateful that we as a country can, um, come together and, uh, worship in one place together. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just thought that was really interesting because, uh, of course you didn't know, no one knew, but today we're actually in a spot where we can't actually come together and worship yeah. together. So you're kind of on to something when you said we need to um, be more grateful for that. You also mentioned at that time too, how you just got engaged. So it is crazy mm-hmm. to see um, how things have changed. Uh, yeah. yeah so like, I just wanted I to think, point that out. That, yeah. Uh, I, there, there are tons of things that we take for granted, not just like, socially but like spiritually as well like we 
I think a lot of us in Canada and like American stuff, like we just take for granted the fact that we can like go to church with all our friends and like hundreds of people there were tons of other places in the world, you know, like they don't have that ability to. So I think something out of this quarantine that is good is that we are able to relate to our brothers and sisters in Christ throughout the globe who can't meet in a one one solid building all together. And I think that really unites the, the church of Christ throughout the globe. Yeah, it is interesting to see what God's doing here. I, was, I still can't say, I, well, I don't think I'll ever figure no. it out. But, um, so, but you did say, um, so you said though at that time, so I listened back to that sermon that apparently you were, uh, I forget the name of the, it was, I think it was a Tim Keller book. Ooh, Meaning, Meaning of, of Marriage. marriage. Excellent. Okay. So, so you read, so you read that book, you probably, you read that with um, Katrina. And uh, I just am wondering if there's anything in that book that you thought was good marriage advice that boys need to know. Oh, I, I would have, uh, I need a long time to actually talk about everything, but I think just the main, the main message throughout the whole book is that, Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's the main message? Like, it's just about sacrificing to your spouse and not just like in a, in like a kind of a lame way or kind of a not important way, but like literally sacrificing your own needs, your own wants for the good of your spouse. I mean, like, that's, that's the picture that um, we get in the Bible, you know, like, we're, uh, we're the bride of Christ and Christ laid down his life for the bride. And I think that's just a beautiful image that um, all, all men need to go into marriage viewing. Like I'm willing, I should be willing to die for the woman that I'm about to marry. And I think just doing that is like a great representation of uh, what Jesus did for the church. Okay. Yeah. I, re- I really agree. I've, that's a great thing to tell boys. Mm. Um, you got, Cause I did mention, I mentioned on, was it the last podcast or I mentioned about uh, different types of love. Yeah. Um, and Greek has all these different words for love. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there is, there's two, there are two Greek words for love. I know. Uh, I don't know all of them, but there's uh phil, phil, I can't really pronounce them probably, but uh, phileo which is deep affection and agape, which is the unconditional Mm -hmm. self-sacrificing love. Um, And you see those words at the end of uh, the gospel of John, when Jesus is asking Peter, do you love me? And Peter's like, of course I love you. So Jesus is using the agape. Do you love me? Self-sacrificing type of love. And, and Peter reply replies with the deep affection type of Mm -hmm. love. But it's funny because Jesus is like, edging him on like no no no. i don't want just your deep affection type of love i want your self-sacrificing type yep. of love so there's that always makes me think that this self-sacrificing type of love especially the way that jesus died on the cross um to display god's love for people that has to be the highest form of love so i'm glad yep. you're saying that in this book it's like tim keller oh. is just telling you hey strive yeah. for that and i could be wrong about this but i'm pretty sure another one is eros and that's kind of like the the sexual kind of like lusting kind of love. And um, I think a lot of people nowadays go into marriage or go into relationships with that love as a priority. And like, that's the most important love to them. And that's, um, I think that's just a terrible way to start a relationship. Like you obviously like you should be attracted to the person and like, you should 
have those feelings for them, but that shouldn't be like the only reason or the main reason that you're, you're dating them and marrying them. Mm. That's yeah, awesome. a great point. Benji. Uh, um, so other than, you know, loving sacrificially, you've been married, what, a week, a week, yeah, a week today. Yeah. Congratulations. Yes, Thank um, you very much. How, what, uh, what has marriage taught you about yourself, about Katrina, um, about leadership? Because that's what we're touching on today. So, yeah, what else have it, has it taught you about? Oh, it's, uh, it's taught me that there are many ways to do, like, the simplest of tasks. And, like, I was, like, raised doing, like, washing dishes one way and, like, she was raised washing dishes, like, the other way. And, like, you don't, you don't realize that, like, there's more than one way to do stuff. So <laughs> it's kind of like, it's kind of like a reality check or, you know, like, you're not the only person to do this stuff. So that's been kind of like a, a slap in the face, realizing that kind of stuff. Um, but, like, leadership-wise, um, it was, like, super important for us to kind of find a um a bible study about marriage um and so like i took it upon myself to to find one so we found one on um on right now media it's called uh, the vision of marriage and um so we're going to get into that one but um i think with uh yeah i think basically my job as as the husband is kind of to lead lead her and my family to to christ through the way i live my life so um, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, but that's the answer you're getting. Okay, vision of marriage. We're talking, we talk about the vision of manhood here. Vision of marriage, I like that. So, because I always, where there's no prophetic vision, there's no restraint. You know what you're looking for. You know what you want when you have that vision. So, I think that's the right mm -hmm. way to go. For Thank you, Mike. Vision of marriage. Thanks, Mike. I'll take all, I'll take all the marriage advice from a single man I can. <laughs> Hey, hey, I, hey, wait, hey, I don't get, yeah, I don't, okay, yeah, I'll, yeah, that's why you're talking. <laughs> I'm joking, man, I'm joking. Yeah. Yeah, okay, uh, yeah, we'll see if God has anything in his word to tell you about yeah. Okay, go. Wow, what a chirp. Hey, um, <laughs> speaking of chirps, did you like the chirps Melzi laid down on you on, uh, during, uh, your, your, uh, ceremony? <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I didn't. I wasn't uh, quite sure what to expect. He said he'd uh, he would throw a couple things in there, but um, honestly, it was probably like it was what I was expecting from that guy. Yeah, uh, for those who haven't seen Brandy's video, uh, the efficient Melzi Andrew Mello. How long have we known him? Oh, like, like seven years, eight yeah, years. He was uh, we, he was our youth pastor and. Uh, he laid a couple of beauty chirps on Bernsey during his wedding <laughs> ceremony. And I was loving it. Favorite part of the ceremony. But uh, yeah, Mike. Where can we find that oh, video? Yeah. For those that want to watch that, where can we find that video? Um, right now, we haven't really posted it publicly. Um, if you want the link, message me on Facebook or, or text me or Instagram. Message me and I'll be more than happy to send out that link to everyone. Okay. Instagram at outstatusbernsey. Well, what a handle follow me i follow back yeah, what a handle <laughs> top three for sure top three <laughs> handle uh mike you got any more questions about marriage with bernsey um well i'm gonna give but because bernsey said i can't give marriage <laughs> advice i'm gonna give some marriage <laughs> advice yeah. so so 
Well, well, this may be, okay, this isn't um, my marriage advice, but this is God's marriage. Well, okay, maybe I shouldn't <laughs> say that. No, I'm just going down a road I don't need to go down. But uh, I'm just going to read um, let, Genesis 1, verse 27. Uh, so it says, so God, actually, I'll read, I'll start at 26. It says, then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and all the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. So male and female joined together are the image of God. Mm-hmm. All right. So that means to me, that means to me that, hey, I think God really cares. I think God really cares about um, the male and female relationship because together they're an image Mm -hmm. of himself. So I think just God takes this relationship very Mm. seriously. um, And we should too. We should. So that's all I, (laughs) so that's all I got for, and don't expect God to not take it seriously. Um, God cares about your relationships with girls, boys. Um, and then I also was reading, this is other marriage advice. <laughs> I'm just all over the place. Um, Genesis, Genesis 2, verse 24. This ex- ah, Actually, I'd like to get your thoughts on this. So it says, so, um, so what happens in the story of how uh, God makes the woman is that um, he, he makes, uh, God makes the woman from Adam's rib. Um, so it says that, uh, she will be called woman because she was taken from man. And then it says in verse 24, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. And this word joined, I heard someone say that the Greek word or whatever it uses actually means joined. It doesn't just mean joined physically, like sex. It doesn't just mean joined physically. It means joined emotionally mm-hmm. and spiritually. Um, so I'm just wondering, I don't know. This this explains, so you've left you're, you've, you've left your home of your father and mother and you're like starting a new, you're starting a new yeah. family, you know? Um, is that like any, any thoughts on that? Like what, um, what does it feel like to, does it feel different to um, like you're starting your own, your new thing, you've left your father and mother, like there's no, you, there's no going back to your father, like your father and mother, like that was kind of a um, safe yeah. place. Um, to be you're you're supposed to care more for your wife now and start your new thing and like less for your father yeah. and mother, right yeah do you get what I mean anyways do you want to talk about that what does that look like yeah to you? I mean um I've been living like by myself before the wedding for like three months so I've kind of gotten used to um living living on my own and doing that but then just adding um adding Katrina in the mix um yeah, it's, it's a lot of pressure and like, you have to understand like the responsibility that God's given you for this and you have to be up for the task. Um, but I think, um, just, uh, just what like the verse said, um, verse Genesis two twenty four that you said for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and they will become one flesh. And I think, um, I think that just is a good picture of kind of the, unique and individual family that they're creating. I mean, um, like me and Katrina are our own, our own little family right now. Like we don't need to have kids to be considered a family. So we're kind of doing this on our own right now. And then adding kids to it, that kind of just unites us and brings us even closer as, um, as parents who 
um, God is entrusted to take care of um, any children that he should bless us with. So um, I think marriage is by far the most important and sacred um, relationship in between two human beings on this earth. And um, we have to take it as seriously as God takes it, as you were saying before, Mike. Hmm. I think, um, wow, talking to you now, like this is like, we should have had you on pre-marriage Guernsey. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I'm, I'm good being on, I'm you don't being, think so? Cause you just, I'm good being on post-marriage Guernsey. Yeah. Cause I'm just saying, you just seem like a wiser <laughs> man right yeah, now, you know? So, One week of Katrina's influence in this man's totally changed. So, <laughs> yeah, shout out to this, Katrina. This is not my doing. Yeah, this shout out to Katrina. I don't know how you did it, but wow. Look at this guy. Um, yeah, so, also, like, I think marriage, like, when we looked at, um, what is it, Re- rejecting passivity. Oh, no, accepting responsibility when God, God has, like, how we talked about last podcast is, God has a will, God has a work, and uh, God has a woman to love. And I think when it comes to marriage, I think, like, for for us men, it's a lot easier to love love a girl more than the church. I don't know. That's just me, how I uh, envisioned it. So I think, uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but I think. Wait, wait. I think I know. So in the yeah. book you read, it was like. Christ's woman was yeah. the church. So, but our woman, our woman isn't the church. Like maybe if we were like, maybe if we were single, the woman is our church. But I don't know. But um, just because we're married, that doesn't mean like, I feel like once you get married, yeah. like you still have to love the church. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually maybe there's something I missed in the book, and you're like nailing something. <laughs> I'm I missed, trying to read so. here, and it doesn't it doesn't yeah. say anything about that. But I'm just thinking like that's even more responsibility once you get married, obviously. But like now you gotta mm. um like your love for the church is obviously huge, and now you have to love love uh, your wife. So I just think like it's, yeah, like out of way to go, buddy. You got mm. like marriage is such a big big moment in your life and like it's cool to see you growing for sure because i remember you in high school man me and you two immature kids (laughs) what a time yeah man i definitely wouldn't have been able to grow like this without god in my life so i'm just grateful Mm -hmm. yeah i remember being in grade 12 and seeing you guys (laughs) what do you think what are your thoughts about us mike (laughs) Well, yeah. like at that time, oh, I really liked you guys. I, I don't know. I really liked going to school every day and seeing you guys. And um, like you guys, I don't know. You guys actually made my grade 12 year like a little more <laughs> fun, I think. Because Yes. Oh, yeah. Because there were two, two young boys I liked. And um, I don't know. There was different times. Like I think in the calf, like you had like, I don't know, came up with to me or like, I think I, I've sat, I sat beside you before in the calf or something. So it's like, even though I wasn't friends with your friends or you were, weren't friends with my friends. Uh, I just you, wish I got an invite to that Euchre table, but yeah. it wasn't meant to be. Yeah. I think that's what you want. You just want to play <laughs> Euchre with, I don't know. In grade 12, all our friends, like we just played Euchre the in dream. the calf. Um, 
it was the dream. <laughs> Mike, you had no clue yeah. how like big of a flex it was, especially in grade nine. Top like mm. for like you to mm. talk to like an older kid, like and all your friends would be like, "Yo, that guy mm. looks old," and you're like, "Yeah, man, like not a big <laughs> deal." I'm talking to a guy like three years older than me, but oh, yeah. Cause I didn't know, like I thought maybe you guys thought I was a bit of a loser, but <laughs> but dude, we're we were the losers. Come on, we're great yes, nine. Yeah. Oh, I thought no. you guys were the coolest no. kids ever. <laughs> one of the few to think that way, Mike. I actually thought you guys were funny. Pardon? One of the very few to think that, Mike. Oh yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. All right. All right. How about we? Um, Get talking about uh, leading sure. courageously. Let's do it. Is it is it time for that, Nick? Yeah, Host I'm good Nick? with that. All right. Where okay. do you want to start, Genesis? I'm gonna guess. Oh yeah. So, so we read Genesis. Um, we've read like half of Genesis chapter two, and then the first half of Genesis chapter three. And I'm not really sure. There's like. There's not that much more to say about the story of mm-hmm. Adam and Eve, um, but we didn't we didn't cover it exhaustively for sure. But um, I think today we want to focus on just one verse, um, and that's Genesis three verse ten. Um, what do you, what do you think, guys? You want to read that? Looks good to me. So. So, okay, Bernsey, you can read. Let's actually read, though, just just the couple verses before yeah, that. Bernsey, if you could just read, uh, yeah, 8, eight okay. to 10, if you could read those right. verses. Genesis chapter 3, starting at verse 8. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. Okay. So you got this. What's happened is that man and woman together, they ate the fruit of knowledge of good and evil and their eyes were opened. They got an increase. An inc- I consider that an incremental increase in consciousness they became more aware of themselves okay and this awareness of themselves brought them to realize that they were naked um and as they realized they were naked as they were aware of their selves okay um and as they knew more about themselves they knew what they were vulnerable to um what could hurt them they realized they were naked um and so that ended up leading to fear um And so right there in verse 10, um, the man replies to God and he said, I heard you walking in the garden. So I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Um, So this is the first point in the Bible. Like humans were were fearful people. Um, It actually fear comes up a lot in the Bible. A lot of the times it's a command um, to uh, fear God. Um, but oftentimes God comes in and he says, Hey, do not be afraid. And he comforts us in our fear. So, um, but this is the first moment in the Bible that we see the man actually being afraid. So the man says, I heard you walk in the garden. I heard you, 
God walking in the garden. So I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. So first point mm -hmm. of fear. I mean, and today we're talking about um, leading courageously um, as being an important characteristic of what mm -hmm. it means to be a man. Um, and a lot of the times we have these responsibilities. We have our, uh, our work to do, our will to obey, our woman to love and protect. And as we pursue those responsibilities, fear creeps into our life. Okay. But men are called to be courageous. I actually have this first in first Kings two, cha uh, chapter two, verse two, it says, and I, I'm just, I'm just reading the Bible. I'm just quoting what, uh, King David says to Solomon. He says, take courage and be a man. So being courageous and being a man, there's something there. King David saying to his son Solomon, there's something there, courage and manliness. It just mm -hmm. goes together. So I don't know. What do we got to say about uh, Adam's fear in the garden? I think, um, I think just this whole like, um, scenario and everything that's happened um it kind of shows like the epitome of being a human being like you have this perfect garden and you have a perfect god who before this like they would literally walk in the garden together and so it's just everything's perfect um and then when adam and eve eat the fruit and they um you know, get fearful of everything. Um, like when you think about it, they don't really have much to fear. Like God is still with them. God is still protecting them. Um, and yet they hide from God. And I think that's pretty powerful. Like instead of hiding from him, they should have run to him for protection because <clears throat> he's the one, <clears throat> sorry, he's the one that, you know, protects us from everything. And he's the one that, um, squashes our fear and so just hiding from him is the complete opposite of what we're called to do even though that's most of the time our um, first instinct just to hide from God and because we're embarrassed of what we did mm -hmm. yeah I, so I completely agree like God is that thing and we see this early on I've been thinking, I've been in, I think maybe I've said this already in the podcast, but I've been in Genesis quite a bit this year. And Genesis 1, I don't get very far until I learn a lot about God. In Genesis 1, verses 2 to 3, it says, The earth was formless and empty, and darkness, darkness covered the deep waters. And the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of these waters. So you have these dark waters and the spirit of God is hovering over there. Then God said, let there be light. And there is light. So I see that as God, like darkness is unknown. It's uncertainty. I don't know about you, but I'm more afraid in the dark than I am in the light. How about, are you more afraid in the yep, dark than I'd, you are in I'd the light? I agree with that boys? statement. Yeah. Yeah. So there's something... There's something about the unknown, the uncertainty that is fearful, but God goes out there. The spirit of God hovers over the deep waters that are covered with darkness. God is the thing that ventures out into the darkness and ventures out into the unknown, the uncertainty, which we are afraid of. God ventures out in that and says, let there be light. Mm -hmm. And he illuminates that. That's the first thing he does in creation is he illuminates, brings light into the darkness, ventures out, conquers the darkness, 
conquers the unknown, conquers the fear in our life. So God is that thing that can conquer fear in our life. And uh, so that's, that's exactly right. I think we need to run to God um, in our fear. So Mike, you've talked, you talk about fear. Um, how, how do you relate mm-hmm. that passage, this passage that we're looking at to leading courageously or how Adam failed to lead courageously? Uh, so I was taking, I thought about this the yeah. past couple of days, right? About leading courageously. And, and I just thought, well, you know, the only way we can, well, let me see. Um, yeah. The way I took it was that God is that thing that's going to help us lead courageously. He's that thing that's going to help us uh, uh-huh. conquer our fears. Um, we could have looked at it as, okay, we could have looked at Jesus's life. And I, and I think we would, I hope you guys have some examples, but um, we could look at Jesus's life and we could look at that and say, okay, where was Jesus afraid and how did he deal with his fear? Um, how did he conquer his fear? Um, but in my own life, I'm like, Jesus is the one that's going to end up conquering my fears. Like God is that thing that conquers my fears. So relating that to Adam, it's like Adam's afraid and he just runs from God. But you know what kind of blows my mind here? And I've been thinking about this is all throughout the Bible, God says, God says, do not be afraid. Mm-hmm. You know, he says that a lot. Do not be afraid. But in this instance, in this instance, verse 10, when he, when Adam says, I was afraid because I was naked, the Lord God, he doesn't say, he doesn't say, do not be afraid. Hmm. He, he just says, where are you? That's all he says. He, yeah, he says, he says, where are you? Right. Do you think, do you think then it was, um, do you think uh, God was thinking it was good for Adam to be afraid or something? Like, do you think, what do you, what do you think is up with that? I, Any thoughts on that? I could be totally off here, but like, I, I want to know. I want to know. I think Nick. part of it is because like Adam already, Adam and Eve already sinned, maybe. Like maybe if if they hadn't eaten the apple and like they're in the middle of temptation or they're they're being tempted but hadn't eaten the apple yet and then God and then Adam if Adam said like I'm afraid like God maybe he would have said do not be afraid but now because the deed has already been done and Adam's trying to hide his sin maybe that's why God God is feeling the need to like mm-hmm. you know um, like you, you have consequences for your sin. And I think Adam's afraid of the con- the consequence of the sin and like rightfully so. So that maybe that's why God said, didn't say, do not be afraid. I don't know. Like, Burns, you would, what do you think about that? Um, yeah. Like when, whenever, like it says in the Bible, like, like fear God or fear the Lord. It Like it doesn't mean it in like a be scared kind of way. Like we're never told to like be afraid of God but like that fear is more of like a fear of respect and reverence mm-hmm. so God never even though God tells us to fear him which we should that doesn't mean we should fear him like Adam's doing right now and run away from him but I think he's telling him or like tells us to fear him in a way that um, kind of draws us in closer to him 
because we we understand and we respect his power and his love that that draws us closer so um i don't i don't really have a, a stance on why god doesn't say do not be afraid in this circumstance I actually i've never really thought of it in that in that way but um yeah i just thought about it this morning and i just wanted to hear you guys thoughts yeah i think i to start i don't i don't think that you know god was i think here god was giving adam and eve the opportunity to to come to him because mm-hmm. even though he says where are you like there's no way he actually doesn't know where they are you know like god knows everything so i think that's kind of just like an inviting and an open question you know like where are you Adam and Eve, I'm right here, Lord. Like we we messed up. We're so sorry, but please come and come and save us. But I, to me, it seems like Adam picked the wrong answer to that question. The wrong yeah. answer being, I was afraid. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So he, hmm. Yeah. So yeah, he shouldn't have been afraid. But it's almost like, I'm just kind of wondering if like, like Nick was like, he's afraid of the consequences, Mm -hmm. you know? And I'm like, and I'm like, maybe there's something there, like we're supposed to fear the consequences for what we do is wrong. That's what that gets me. That's what that gets me thinking. Um, but okay, we're maybe getting a little, we're maybe getting a little off track. Hey, if, uh, um, I'll just, so if leading anyone who's listening, yeah. if you have any thoughts, yeah. feel free to have a conversation with the Jivu boys on Instagram or something. If you want to talk about it, but yeah, continue Mike. Yeah. Yeah. We'd like to know, we'd like to know why God did not say, uh, do not be afraid when Adam was afraid in the garden. We'd like to know. Um, so leading courageously though, was Adam leading no. courageously? <laughs> Elaborate. Okay. Elaborate. Um, well, I don't think it's very courageous to hide from something to start off. Um, but also like, you know, that Adam is with Eve in this scenario and, um, so his, like what he does, we can obviously infer that Eve does the same thing as well. So if Adam hides, then Eve will hide right behind him. So um, it's not just leading courageously, like you have to lead yourself. You have to understand, and this kind of goes back with like accepting responsibility, but you have to understand the responsibility you have by leading other people as well. So the fact that he was supposed to be leading Eve but he chose the wrong thing and hid instead. Uh, I'd say that's not very courageous. Yeah, mm. not very courageous, is it? What is, courage, what is courage? Oh, I I read a sick quote about courage that I kind of forget, so I'll kind of paraphrase it. But it was like, be like being courageous no. isn't. It's like it's not being scared of nothing but it's being scared of something and yet going for it anyway. Because in like in this world, like it's mm. kind of impossible for like humans not to be scared of anything, but just kind of swallowing that 
that fear and just like stomping it and kind of going on ahead really shows that you're courageous. Mm, okay, so when we say leading courageously, we're not saying a man, uh, we're not saying mm. a man doesn't fear. Yeah, a man has fears. It's just a man, a man conquers his fears. And that conquering of the fear is what we yeah. refer to as being courageous. Okay, leadership. Got anything? What about? We're, okay, men are called to be leaders in our households uh, in partnership with our wives. Um, got anything to say about Adam's leadership, Nick? Well, not very good. I think, I think for one, it starts earlier in Genesis. Um, like he should have yeah. taken the lead when Adam, Eve took the fruit. So I think leadership, a big thing is like um, having a vision right mike your favorite thing vision like like you vision, understand where you stand on everything and then you have to have the courage even when there's temptation to to not fall into that temptation and continue um striving for that vision if that makes any sense like like adam knows exactly what he should do when eve hands him the fruit he should like as a leader, mm. you you understand where you stand on on temptation, right? And Adam did not lead Eve uh, as he should. So I think what's uh, yeah, what's leadership? It's I don't know. Bernsey, help me out. Oh, geez. Um, leadership is oh um, guiding the people who are under you and who look up to you uh, in a right manner. I would say that's leadership. Cool. So at our sports camp last summer, um, the speaker who spoke on leading courageously, he told the boys, he said, um, you can be a leader mm -hmm. or a follower. So I don't know. I think leaders, so leaders, they're not followers. And, uh, Leaders don't have someone they're following. So I think of that as yeah. like they're going first. And I think yeah. in, when uh, when Eve took the apple, Adam was a follower in that example. Mm. I, I like that. That's mm. what I was trying to say Good earlier. Point, I just, Good I just point, had Nick. like word diarrhea and just Hey, we're working. We're working together. We're working this out together. That's how we get that. That was that was a that was a eight. So plus, instead of uh, Adam point. leading in that scenario, as God called him to, instead he was following the person that he was supposed to lead. Yeah, I like that. Wow, and mm. that's when sin entered the world. Mm. Okay, so we talked about Adam and his and how he was a follower not a leader and how he, he was the first, we see him be afraid um, when, you know, it's not bad to be afraid as Bernsey said, it's not a bad thing to be afraid, but in his fear, you know, I think fearing God and Hey, maybe that's why God didn't say, do not be afraid because he's saying like fear is something that mm -hmm. all men are going to deal with. Right. Hey, it's not, it's not wrong for you to fear me and fear the consequences of your actions because actually 
you should, Adam, maybe fear those things. But when you do feel that, uh, when you do feel afraid, you got to know me. You got to know who I am. You got to know my character and you got to understand uh, that you can come to me. So even if you feel afraid of me, hey, be courageous and come out and show yourself. Um, so that's so that's Adam. All right. Um, what about what about Jesus? Um, anything in his life that points to leading courageously? I got um, I I was just thinking of one like a couple hours ago. So I I went to it. It's in Luke chapter twenty two. Um, I I think like this this story has been talked about on the podcast before. Um, but it's um, just when Jesus is in at the Mount of Olives right before he gets um, betrayed and arrested. Um, but it, I'll just start reading actually on, uh, let's say, Luke 22, verse 41. So it says, He being Jesus withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, his disciples knelt down and prayed. Father, if you are willing to take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. And so, like... This was Jesus knew what was coming. Like he knew he was going to get crucified. He knew he was going to just get absolutely beaten and flogged throughout the night. And his go-to thing to do is was to pray. He, um, I think that that's just a huge, um, you know, challenge for for us as men. You know, our first our first response when we're scared maybe isn't to pray, but it's kind of to figure out how to solve our problems on our own, which is like pretty prideful and selfish. Um, but Jesus being, you know, the humble servant he was, he understood that praying was the, the one way to get through this. And it says being in like more anguished, he prayed more earnestly. So that just shows like as, as soon as he, you know, was feeling more afraid, more scared, that's just when he continued to pray. So I think we can, like men can definitely be doing that more, not just by themselves, but also, you know, in a group when they're leading people, it's not a bad thing to show, you know, submission to God. Um, And by praying in front of other people that kind of, you know, shows them that there is a God that helps us and that there, there is a way out of this and that you don't have to do all the problem solving yourself. So that's just, that's just something that my mind went to about courageousness. So your advice to boys that are afraid in a moment of fear, if I could just summarize it for you, your advice to them would be, uh, that is what I pray to God about it. Is that right? Cool. All right. So yeah, that's a really good one. Nick did bring that up on the, on a, on a podcast before because that's Jesus uh, in the garden um, right before he's crucified. Like that's like a very powerful, that's a very powerful image. Like he's, he knows what's about to come. He's agonizing. He's agonizing over what's about to happen. I love, I didn't notice this. I'm just reading it now. Luke chapter 22 verse 43. I just noticed that an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. 
And like, that's what God does, you know, help us conquer our fears. We pray to God to deal with our fears and God will give us the strength to be courageous, you know? And in this case, it was in the form of an angel coming from heaven to strengthen him. Um, well, um, yeah, Nick, anything else like leading um, courageously like, Jesus' life? What's up? A couple of things. Like, uh, when I think of like Jesus and leadership, I always think of like, well, his, how he, he got his disciples. Like here he got in, in Matthew four, like verse 19, when, uh, Jesus is talking to like Peter and Andrew, he just says, Jesus called out to them, come follow me and I'll show you how to fish for people. And, like, I think, like, I don't know, like, just how weird that would be if, like, some guy just said that to you, like, just randomly. But, like, I could just imagine, like, Jesus saying that. He'd be, like, so sure of himself that, like, I'm sure his disciples just kind of, like, stopped and said, yo, this guy's, like, crazy. But, like, there's just something about him, right? So, like, I don't know, just how he, like, I think, to go up to two random people and just say that, I think like I, that's courageous and that's leadership. Cause I think, yeah. So that's, that's just what comes to mind, my mind. And then Mike, how you said like the angels came and, and uh, strengthened Jesus. Uh, the example of the book is about Jesus leading courageously is also in Ma- Matthew four. And it's when uh, the devil is tempting Jesus. So Matthew four, Verse eight says, next, the devil Mm. took him to the peak of the very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And the devil said, I'll give it all to you if you will kneel down and worship me. And Jesus told him, get out of here, Satan, for the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And verse 11, then the devil went away and the angels came and took care of Jesus. So I just thought that was like how you said that God strengthened, like God sense strength your way and then here's another example of angels coming and taking care of jesus yeah i was thinking of that example as well like that's a good one um so i got one verse um that was read at our sports camp last summer um like don snyder just um mentioned it uh he was speaking on rejecting passivity but I guess he just really loves this verse um, in Second Timothy. So in Second Timothy chapter one, it says, "For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and mm. self-discipline." It's the spirit of God within us that is not. It's not a fearful spirit. Okay, so that it's that power. It's power love and self-discipline it is the power within us to conquer our fears and that spirit it's referring to that's referring to god's spirit the spirit that you acquire when you accept jesus and put your faith in him um so i just thought that was i want to mention that first because that came up uh don mentioned that at our sports camp last summer and i thought that that was speaking cool. of um of this that spirit i was just reading further on in luke chapter mm-hmm. 22 um, I was just reading like the story where Peter disowns Jesus. Um, and I think, so for whoever maybe doesn't know, um, basically Jesus told his disciple Peter that he would deny him three times. And Peter was like, no way, Lord, I love you more than anything in this world. I would never do that to you. Um, and then later that night, Peter does 
in fact, deny him three times in quick succession. Um, so that maybe that's like that's definitely an example where you know Peter's not leading courageously. Like he knew who Jesus was, and yet he wasn't courageous enough to admit that because he didn't want people to um, look at him differently. But then over in Acts chapter two, on the day of Pentecost, we we read that the Holy Spirit, that same Spirit that Mike was talking about in First Timothy, comes on Peter, and then Peter just has this unbelievable speech. In Jerusalem that saves thousands and thousands of people so um, maybe you're like you're feeling discouraged like oh why are we like Jesus was perfect you know like we can't we can never live up to him um, and his standards but then we see in the Bible there are many times where regular people who clearly are not perfect like Peter we see him at their lows but then we also see him at their highs through the work of the Holy Spirit so that's just a little encouragement to anyone out there who, who's maybe feeling a bit discouraged that they can't live up to all this. Cool. That's a really, that's a really good one. I think about that all the time, how God just takes, you know, timid, fearful boys mm. and makes them into men, you know, powerful, like men for God's kingdom that are unashamed. Okay. All right. Um, anything else, Nick? We're, I think we're, yeah, yeah we're hitting the um, end of our time here. Yeah, I got nothing to add about um, Adam and Jesus. Uh, but, Bernsey, uh, you want to say something? You got anything on your mind about us dragging your name through the mud about fantasy? or? Oh, yeah. Just, um, I'll just, I'll just mention this real quick. Um, I finished um, finished top of the leaderboard in the regular season, and since um, playoffs, you know, the week didn't finish, then I think all playoffs should be null and void, and just leave the uh, leave the regular season standings as uh, as the official record. So. Shocker! That's what I have to say about that. Hey, I think it makes sense. You know, back when um, the LA Kings went on their first cup run, three games into the series, they were down 3-0. Um, if people just left it there then they would never have won the cup. Same like midweek. I may be down to Mike, but that's, that's not the end of the round. Still had a couple more days to go. So I think we should just leave it, leave it at the regular season. Um, so interesting. You bring up that LA Kings point. I, I thought, you know, the first time they, the first time they went yeah. into the playoffs, weren't they like the eighth seed though? Yeah. So yeah. And then they won the cup that year. <laughs> okay, that's, that's they, just interesting. They I was the after a, an entire year. playoff, not just three days. <laughs> well, my three days were pretty good. Three days. Uh, we'll I see. just had to get that out. Yeah, hope. I'm just. Like, I don't even care about fantasy anymore. I just want sports to start coming back. So. Did you talk to her and like Katrina, like 420's like National Weed Smoking Day? Do you really want our anniversary to be on that? No, she uh like we published our bands and they needed to like be published for two or three weeks and like that that day was like the first day that we could and she had like two days off so she was like yeah let's just do it now and but she's like she's the one by the way it's 420 and I'm like okay <laughs> yeah, let's do 420. it. 420 I, uh, I suggest that we celebrate accordingly and she wasn't into the idea which was good good for me because i'm not into that idea yeah. 